And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Uh, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Well, hey, it's almost go-home time. It's been a dreary day out there. Uh, I am told that we're going to get some dreary weather for the next several days. Uh, let me tell you a way to pick up your day, all right? Just an idea. Just Love Coffee Cafe. Boomer's laughing at me. You like that segue? I did. Yeah, Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison and the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. And, uh, and I'm just telling you, man, if you want to go, you know, get you a moment away from the office or maybe you're somebody who works from home, take your laptop with you. You can work from there. They have the Wi-Fi for their, their, their customers. They've got it set up to where you can have places to sit and, and you know, enjoy the environment. But the, the food... The coffee, the beverages, the environment, all of it, all of it is designed for you. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, going out yonder towards City Hall, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville, down by Whole Foods. Check them out. They are, they are, they are literally a place that you're going to want what they have on the menu. You're going to want what they have on the drink menu, but you're also going to want just the opportunity just to hang out. And that's what they're, they, they've literally set it up so you can. So, yeah, Just Love Coffee Cafe, tell them you heard about it, please, on Right Side Radio. Um, in fact, I do believe that McQueen was up there today. Wasn't she at, uh, at uh, Just Love Coffee? I oh, she yeah. She, she was up there. I think Which one did she go to, you know? Oh, nope. I just know she went to Just Love Coffee. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm switching gears. I am in the third of the dippers. All three. We're, we're getting... We're getting triple dippered today, all right? So I'm calling this one uncommon sense. Like, I look at it and I go, come on, y'all. Can we just please use some common sense? Because what you're trying to do ain't working. And, and you look at it and go, no, that was not necessary. That just All you did was make it worse. Well, here's the first one I've got. National Review has a piece that came out uh, today, actually. National Review always you know, has those deep dive kind of articles. But National Review has this piece that came out today. The title of it is The Truth Behind the Great Florida Classroom Library Freakout. <laughs> okay. Why is it always the teachers union? Anyway, so the open of the article is this. Great opening by Ryan Mills at National Review. He says, what do you get when you take a new law aimed at increasing transparency around public school materials, add in some misplaced concerns about an existing law, that prohibits providing pornography to kids, sprinkle in some conflicting directions from local school leaders that provide teachers with no room to use discretion or common sense, and then to mix them together in a state where the governor, who's himself a likely 2024 presidential candidate, is often characterized by the media as a fascist dictator. (laughs) That's That's a recipe for disaster. Well, he says the answer is the great Florida classroom library freak out of 2023. So here's what happened. And this is the kind of thing you look at and go, you know what? This was not necessary. You guys exacerbated the situation. You made it worse on purpose. Well, it says teachers in at least two Florida school districts began removing their classroom libraries or covering them up with construction paper, construction paper, under the largely unfounded belief they could be sent to jail for having unvetted, unvetted books on their shelves. All right. So first of all, no. No one is swooping in with their jackboots to send you to jail. But yet, what happened? Oh, the Florida Teachers Union started sending out the word, be careful, they could come after you. This could be a felony. Well, according to teachers union leaders, Florida teachers are living in a state of fear and confusion after lawmakers last year passed House Bill 1467 in Florida. 
aimed at providing transparency about school instructional materials. Folks, I'm just telling you, this was so overblown, so overhyped. Well, then you have probably teachers union leading or leaning leadership at these two school districts that sent out word to their teachers. You've got to remove unvetted materials from your classroom right away. And they provided a sense of urgency to it based on existing law that if there's an inappropriate book found, you could be subject to a class or third degree felony. Okay, let's make sure we're clear. If you are using materials that are designed to, you know, sexualize children, that are designed to teach them how to keep secrets from their parents, that you are using materials that are in some way offensive under critical race theory auspices or something else, and you're doing so intentionally, we're going to look at this as a potential felony with intent. But if you've got a book on your shelf that you might not even know is there or that you're not sure if it's been vetted yet, you don't have to strip the shelves of common sense. And that's what happened. We got no common sense. It says that literally panicked teachers took to social media during literacy week to complain they're being forced to dismantle, remove, or cover their classroom libraries because they may come and take away our teaching license. No, they weren't. In fact, Manny Diaz, who is Florida's education commissioner, said the social media posts of empty library shelves and libraries covered with paper are part of a stunt to try and create a narrative that books are being banned while they're not. He said those are just not the facts. Folks, this is what happens when the teachers union gets involved. You know what? How about this? If you know that the parents don't want it to be in the classroom, if you know that it's not considered socially acceptable, if you know your state law says, hmm, how about this? Don't teach kids that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. If you just use some common sense, we're not going to see the so-called textbook or library panics. And it's just almost offensive that people whose job is to be an educator found themselves so easily preyed upon that they didn't bother to think it through for a minute. I, mean, I saw this all the time in Alabama when, the, when, the, when the, the teachers' union would resist everything we did in the state legislature and tell their folks absolutely asinine things about good legislation. Oh, and, and also things like, well, you've got to be in the union to get your insurance in case you ever get sued. Well, first of all, unless you're acting willfully outside the line of scope of your employment, you don't really have an issue with getting sued personally as a teacher. But secondly, secondly... I'll point out to you that we passed legislation just to go ahead and fill that gap and said you can have insurance without being a member of the union. Did the union tell them that? Nope. They just told them, well, it's not as good as insurance. You need ours. You got to pay your dues. Teachers unions bring nothing really good to the table. Use some common sense, y'all. That's just embarrassing. Um, the other one that we're going to dig into here in a minute is a thing that never should have happened. You guys may remember that, um, gosh, when was this? Last fall, uh, we had a pro-life, I, I guess you'd call him an activist, but at least a, a pro-life uh, a guy who would just stand outside of Planned Parenthoods and, and, and talk to people and counsel with them. And a pro-abortion activist took offense, didn't want him out there, began yelling at his kid, he had his son with him, which I think was 12 years old at the time, and literally yelling at his kid, using profanity, to the extent that the dad had to finally hold his arm out and, and, and push the guy away from his own son. 
because it was beyond the pale. Well, <laughs> the Biden Department of Justice sent a SWAT team to the man's house. Roughly 25 people were told to come to his house because he stood outside of a abortion clinic and he, and he literally just stopped a guy from raging in his son's face for no good reason. And he had 25 armed officers come to his door and pound on the door and tell him they were going to break the door down if he didn't open it. And he, he did. But, of course, his family's freaking out. One of the, the, the wives says they had about five guns pointed at my husband. Well, they filed charges against him, violating the so-called Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, and sent a SWAT team to his house. Well, I got news on what happened to him legally, and you're going to want to hear this. Because there weren't no common sense being applied. It was uncommon sense, and it hadn't been helpful. But I got an end to this story you might want to hear. So y'all stay tuned. I'll tell you as soon as we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, covering some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama and points beyond. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. All right. Hey, listen, um, the story I was talking about before we went to the break. Boomer, do you recall this? We were talking about it, I think, what, last, like, November or October, thereabouts. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the dude literally is just standing out. He's not doing anything. No. And federal agents came to his door. What? Yeah, no, he just, he wasn't doing anything. He just got the guy away from his son. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you held your hand out. The audience can't no, see that's, your hand. Yeah, so I sorry. Was I, was, <laughs> I was holding the guy away from I thought him. you were raising your hand like you no, had a question. Because that's what I would do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Why would anybody not? But anyway, so he's yeah, he's down there. The guy's name's Mark Houck. And he literally had a rowdy Planned Parenthood escort that got in his 12-year-old son's face. We're told that it was profanity. He was yelling. He told him to quit. He said he's about a foot away from my son after already having one altercation with him. He's making my son nervous. My son moved behind me. He could tell his son was scared. And he said, and then the insults continued to be directed at them. And then the, the dad told the guy to just go back to where you usually stand. And I just stopped talking to my son. Said he doesn't have permission to talk to my son. Next thing I know, he turns around and he's talking to my son again. And then you see me, you know, having to push him out of the way. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Mm. The Biden administration, though, this is uncommon sense. This is not common sense. This is uncommon sense. Like, did they really see this as being the thing to pursue? Right. 25 people show up at Houck's door, pounding on the door, armed agents, with alleging 
violations of a federal law called the FACE Act. The FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic, claiming that he had obstructed the clinic. But I, I got to ask, when did they look at this and go, "There's a good case. Let's go take that one. That'll look good on on the on the resume." I mean, it, it doesn't like it. It doesn't compute. It doesn't compute <laughs> at all. I mean, no, no, it doesn't. And this this is a classic example of somebody should have told somebody, uh, no, you're not going to pursue that one because yeah. that's a loser for us. And guess what? He was acquitted. So he's, 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 he's off the hook. So he's now out there, there speaking about it, and he's telling the world what happened. So the good news part of the story is he is off the hook. A jury acquitted the Pennsylvania dad who was accused of pushing a Planned Parenthood escort during an encounter outside an abortion clinic. And, and literally he is now able to say it's a victory, his words, what we did was win a big victory for the pro-life movement against the Biden administration. Um, says uh, Peter Breen, who's the uh, executive vice president and head of litigation at the Thomas More Society. I think they took on his case. He says they were trying to scare pro-lifers from coming out on the sidewalks and being active. Biden, that DOJ, sent their best prosecutor, the top guy for face prosecutions from Washington, to help deal with the case in Philly. And that jury, once we finally got it seated, took about an hour to find him not guilty on all charges. That's awesome. But you know what? It never should have happened. Right. If somebody had used some common sense, but that, that, that was the priority, apparently. Fly in a prosecutor from D.C. who understands how to prosecute people for standing in the face of abortions. Give me a break. Um, all right. The next piece I've got. Oh, I, got, I, mean, I, I guess I better look at the text messages because I just saw some <laughs> filling up there. Uh, Jer- uh, Leanne from Huntsville said 25 guns pulled, armored vest. Yep, uh, I know it, Leanne. Uh, Tony from Piedmont said it's a good ending for us. He took the bullets. Um, he did. Uh, Jeremy from Huntsville says, uh, with regards to previous stories, the teacher's fears is that we would stoop to the vindictive levels that they are willing to go to. Interesting point. Um, and then, uh, Charlene, my lovely Charlene, just texted in and said, um, uh, the, 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 what am I trying to say? I lost my text, baby. I'm sorry. I just went to your text and my phone timed out right as I picked it up. No, Charlene said, uh, teachers union use fear as a weapon. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. We saw it quite often. Um, all right. Next story. As we move to the end of this dipper, the end of the show, actually, as we move to the end of the show, I got to tell you, it's amazing when you're going through, and this is how I resource the show, by the way, I, I come in every day and early, early, early in the morning, and after I spend some time uh, having a cup of coffee with Jesus, I, 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 I head into the show. And the first thing I do is begin resourcing. Sometimes I know exactly what I'm going to do already in advance. Like this morning, uh, I already knew I wanted to do one on state action. So the 10th Amendment thing, I was in my head. I sort of filled that one out. I resourced that one. But this uncommon sense thing I'm in, I just kept finding these stories where I kept thinking to myself, if someone would use some common sense, that wouldn't have been necessary. If someone had just applied some common sense, we wouldn't have been in this predicament. Well, that's how it, that's how it develops. So early in the morning, there are times when I don't know what the show is going to contain yet, but the headlines begin to tell me, and I find these threads and pull them all together. So keeping this theme going, uncommon sense. Listen, y'all, the situation that ha- occurred in Memphis with the, uh, with the young guy who was um, killed during a, um, a just a, apparently a debacle of an arrest attempt. Uh, I don't know all the ins and outs. I've seen the video. It's hard to watch and see what's going on, but 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 here's the deal. A 29-year-old, I think it pronounced his name Tyree, I don't know for a fact, uh, Nichols, um, 
died after his altercation with police. And there are multiple police officers now who have been indicted uh, for, um, you know, one form of assault or other. All that to say, leaving that story aside, which is a horrible story, and so I'm not really spending a lot of time on it, I, I will say this. What we're finding now, though, is when they go back and look at the Memphis Police Department's lowered standards of hiring, some of these officers were hired after they lowered the standards for who they would take into the ranks. Here's a problem. It came on the heels of all of the anti-cop sentiment coming up during the, uh, the George Floyd riots. Good on the fact that the city of Memphis, the mayor, wanted more police as opposed to less, but anti-cop sentiment has impacted recruiting for police officers nationwide. And it brings about a need to make a choice. They either do with less or they lower the standards to fill out the ranks with more. And what we're finding right now is that several of those guys who were indicted were actually brought into the force in Memphis after the education standards and other requirements have been lessened to be able to fill out their ranks. And in my opinion, a big part of that is because they were struggling with recruiting in the wake of violence and anti-cop sentiment and defund the police initiatives. And there was a lot of defund the police rhetoric going on in Memphis, which I believe the mayor held out against. But what I'm saying is this. People were not wanting to join the force if they had other viable options in life because of the anti-police sentiment that was being foisted on our society and still is in some places. When that happens, just like our military, we're seeing right now that our military is at a 40-year low, or has been most recently, a 40-year low in recruiting. In order to fill out the ranks, what do they have to do? Lower the standards. And so for the first time, you're able to see people joining the, 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 the Army in, in, in decades without even a GED requirement, where we're seeing them being taken in, not meeting the physical fitness standards or the weight standards, and sometimes they're even being given waivers on past criminal activity or drug offenses. It's amazing. And you, and you think, really? But then again, how do you fill out the ranks? But when you have that level of sentiment going on in your culture, it impacts recruiting. And then we find ourselves faced with the situation that we have in Memphis, where a horrible situation got more horrible because there were guys involved who might not have been there had the standards not been lowered. In fact, we know at least two or three of them would not have been there had the standards not been lowered during their recruiting process because they wouldn't have otherwise qualified. That's, that's an amazing scenario uh, in a very difficult uh, place. I got a piece here. I'm changing gears. Uncommon sense. Uncommon sense. I don't understand California. Now, we're going to have a California legislator on the show, hopefully later this week, uh, who, who I, I think the world of. I've met her at a conference. She's very solid, very conservative. We both met at a Club for Growth conference, so you know she's conservative. I follow her on Twitter. You can, too. Um, but, the, but the reality is this. The California legislature is outnumbered in terms of the liberals, and, and they, they keep doing things. You look at it, you go, what? so what do you think is going to happen when you do this? Well, I've got a story here on Fox, and all of you out there in the listening audience who are independent truck drivers, you can appreciate this. You are a business owner. If you're an independent truck driver, that truck is basically your office. You are an independent driver, and you haul for a living, and you, you're on the road, but you know you can earn a living doing it. You can pay yourself what you want. You can, you can make decisions unless you're in California. 
because they passed Assembly Bill 5 in California that literally removes truck driving from the ability to have owner-operator independence. You've got to be a unionized company man or be treated as such, because if you're not, then they will require you to be treated as such no matter what. And, and that's just a, it's boggling my mind. The piece that I've got here, Fox News, is a female, a black female. She's, basically, it says she's a successful female minority truck driver who loves driving. She lives in California. She, she's proud of her business. She actually decided to drop out of nursing school and go be an over-the-road driver living in California. She has now packed up her family and left the state because she said she's not going to sacrifice the viable income she has made uh, in this business by suddenly being subjected to these new regulations under Assembly Bill 5. Use some common sense, people. I guarantee you she's not the only one that's going to leave. I guarantee you. At the same time, they're requiring all the trucks that, that load and unload to, 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 to literally be very soon to be battery-powered. And then on top of that, they can't be older than a certain age. So you're just crushing the industry. What's that going to do to the rest of us? Well, they ship our goods. So when you raise the cost of shipping, who do you think pays for it? The people in Alabama who have something being brought into the ports of California. That's who. All right. I got on a rant, Boomer. You did. (laughs) But it was a good rant. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I hope. All right, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back and wrap up this day. I got a couple more. I know you heard about this. But what about the uncommon sense of putting illegal migrants into a luxury hotel in New York and then telling them (laughs) later on they got to live in a warehouse? How's that going over? Or how about in Scotland where they're sending a violent transgender into a female prison? Yeah, we'll see how that works. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Making it cool to be a conservative. Hey, the text line's got all kinds of stuff on it here. Uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Leanne from Huntsville, I guess she heard the story about the, uh, the guy who was acquitted on the, um, the ridiculous charges that never should have been brought um, for um, allegedly obstructing access to an abortion clinic. She just says, praise the Lord. I agree, Leanne. Uh, Kenny from Huntsville. He came in and says, bureaucracy begins where common sense ends. <laughs> we need to write that. That would that going to be emblazoned on the wall. That's a, that's a good one. Um, Tony from Piedmont points out that of the, uh, the guys um, that uh, the police officers up in uh, Memphis, one of them was actually a prison guard. He calls him a busted prison guard. I, I understand that the, this prison, one of the guys had been a prison guard and there were allegations of violence against him uh, in the past. Yeah. Uh, Ike from Somerville with regards to lowering the standards says during the draft standards were lowered even more than now. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't dispute that. I'm just saying it's a problem. It can be a problem. Uh, Jeremy from Huntsville says, sounds like the Alabama legislature needs to pass a bill to improve the port of mobile. I, 
that's I get it. The, the problem is we got a lot of shipping that comes in across the Pacific that's probably not going to come through the Panama Canal to get to the Port of Mobile. Um, but but I get it. Um, anyway, I could be wrong. Maybe. But, but by the way, we are improving the Port of Mobile. That is a major project that's currently underway, I believe. Uh, uh, we got uh, Ben from Decatur saying regarding those California laws, their governor is helping moving companies and U-Haul in advertising to move out of state. It's a, it's a great point. In fact, I saw a um, U-Haul and uh, I think is it Ryder? But anyway, the, the rental truck companies, they actually do an annual report. How many, like what states have seen the most one way out of state and what has seen the most one way into the state? Right. And that's out of the state is California, right? California, yeah. Yep. Big time. Wow. Uh, like, so basically what they're saying is there's a lot of people renting one way trucks out of California. <laughs> that just tells you something. It does. Um, and then, but uh, I think Alabama was like uh, in the top 10 for moving to one way trucks mean, coming to. What a great state. Like it. Uh, finishing this up on Uncommon Sense, y'all. Um, so the situation at the Watson Hotel in New York City. A nice hotel, allegedly. Not anymore. A nice hotel. Well, more than 50 migrants are now protesting outside the hotel because they do not like the fact that they are not keeping their luxury accommodations. They do not like the fact that they were brought to the Watson Hotel, given a room, given food, given a gym to work out in, given hallways they could run up and down, given the ability to, um, you know, do any number of things that were alienating anybody else from ever wanting to stay there again. And it was a total boondoggle. Well, so the city of New York did what it probably could have done up front. They created a large shelter. And it's basically, it's at the, I think it's at the, uh, I think it's at the, at the port. And they, they took a warehouse, basically, and they turned it into a – I stayed in one of those kind of things before when I was shipping overseas. You go through Kuwait, you stay in a giant warehouse full of cots. Well, this is what it looks like. It's a giant warehouse full of cots. But they have food, they have accommodations, they have a place to stay, and they're here illegally. <laughs> Did we mention that part? You're not even supposed to be here. But we're spending large amounts of taxpayer dollars to put together a facility to give you a place to stay while we figure out what else to do. But they're protesting right now because they're being kicked out of the hotel. Well, maybe the owners of the hotel want their investment back. How about that? But what, what's happening right now, too, is the city, the city can't sustain this. The city can't sustain. It's New York City, but it shouldn't have to sustain the idea of paying top dollar at major hotels and then get trashed by people who are here illegally who then don't want to go to the new mega shelter that can house as many as a thousand people? Um, it's a problem. But if they'd used some common sense when it started, and not created the well, we're going to help those that are here. We'll get a hotel. Let's get them hotel. Y'all, let's get them hotel rooms. Hotel. Can we ship food to the rooms? Sure, we can. Uber Eats is coming, y'all. It's going to be good. And what have they done? No common sense. They tore the place up, and now they don't want to leave, and they're here illegally. I mean, it's their right to stay. <laughs> I thought you, you, you thought had, I was serious. You were so serious there for a second, I had to look at you and go, <laughs> what just happened? Uh, story on Fox News dated two days ago. Scotland changes its policy on sending transgender inmates to an all-female prison. Oh, go figure. On Saturday, it says, this past Saturday, violent trans prisoner Tiffany Scott was granted permission to transfer to an all-women's Scottish prison. Scott is known as one of the most violent inmates in the entire Scottish prison system, the Daily Record reported. 
He even stalked a 13-year-old girl while he was in custody. And he's, he's literally been involved in several violent attacks against guards, against a female nurse and fellow inmates. And, and he's inflicted self-harm by attempting to hang himself. And he, he's, he's doing all kinds of things. He's an he's a absolute problem. Suddenly decided that he's a transgender. And so what did they do? That uh, seems like a great idea. Uh, Sends them to uh, all-women prison. Let's use some uncommon sense on yeah. that one. Who made that decision? Uh, well, that decision was made uh, by Scotland's government. Thank wow. you very much. Wow. Come on, they Scotland. Were, what's the name of the person? Scottish Justice Minister Keith Brown ordered a review of current practices, but they want to know why. Why the officials at the Department of Corrections were actually going to do this, and they got it stopped, but they were literally shipping this dude who is a violent offender, very violent offender, to a women's prison where he could perpetrate his violence on more. I guarantee you. Man. Last one I got here. Wrapping up the day. Redstate.com, dated yesterday. So here we are looking at Thomas C. Williams attended Richmond College back in the 1800s. Thomas C. Williams, the T.C. Williams School of Law at University of Richmond, is founded with an endowment from him well, apparently they're finding now that activists are saying he owned slaves. So they took his name off the building. They will no longer call it the T.C. Williams School of Law. And so the T.C. Williams family wants to know when they're getting their money back. Because <laughs> they say, if our, if our name's not good enough for you, then why do you have the benefit of our money? I like it. I like it. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> we'll ask it. We'll, we'll take the money. All that and a cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, folks. What a day. What a day. You guys have an amazing night. We'll see you again soon. Take care.